You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. Hello and welcome to the 165th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, you guys. We've got an exciting show today, I think. I'm amped. I'm stoked. I'm ready to crush it out of the park. Because we have lots of Tour de France listeners, and downloads are through the roof. They're about to get even crazier. 408 feet out of the park like Kent Herbeck. Oh, so good. So good. Hey, little guy, how you doing up there in Minneapolis? I'm okay. I can just hear my baby crying in the background. I can't do anything about it, so it's... Hey, pumps. do you know what I do? Pumps. I just shut my office door... I turn up the volume, and then I can't hear Heimar Zubeldia, Heimar Tom's Boonin, cry <laughs> because he had his very because Heimar his namesake had his very last race. Little guy, yeah. who won uh, Classico San Sebastian? Classico, <laughs> uh, Kwiatkowski won. Yeah. Did you guys watch it? it no, I was busy no. watching Ride London. Oh, God. I was, I was I busy watching a tour of Poland. Ugh, you guys are disgusting. <laughs> this is a real bike race, and there's two fake bike races happening. Why aren't you watching the real race? It was a good race. Kwiatkowski won in a sprint with Malema and uh, Gallopin with uh, Dumoulin there, and uh, Landa having to play the loyal teammate again. That dude can't get himself in a situation where he's the leader to save his life. Pretty sure he can. It's just that movie star. I think he's going to have the same problem. I mean, we had an entire last week of quotes from Landis saying, this can't happen to me again. Mm -hmm. I can't be in this position where I have to I have to play second fiddle. And then what does he do? He gets in a move at the end of a race of a, of a pretty major classic. I think it should be a more important race, but it's a cool race. And what does he do? He looks around, and he's got a faster teammate with him, and he's like, uh-oh, I got to play second <laughs> fiddle again. Yeah. I mean, he he did he did everything you wanted out of a good teammate, but I've got to imagine in the back of his mind he was like, "Come on, don't do it, don't do it, man! Stab him in the back." Little but, guy, I got a question for you though. It, yeah, a little bit more important than Landa and all of the uh, Colombian cycling fans that uh, Spencer made very <laughs> angry last man, week. Colombia was so pumped, uh, two and four in the tour. You know, I mean, that doesn't happen every year. So, so here's my question for you, okay? How did Kiwakowski look like? How did he look in the hat? You know, I didn't even watch long enough to the hat because I had to. Uh, That's the whole reason you watch that race. No, you watch the race because the Basque fans are crazy, and it's a really good race, and it's nuts so on that climb, and it's kind of nuts that we don't have more one day races in the Basque country because the fans are are just out of control on the side of the road. It's great. The excitement is is wonderful. So there should be more it, racing there. It's climby Belgium basically. Let me ask you a quick question then. I didn't watch a race, obviously you did. Was there anything special for Heimar Zubeldia besides the I know Malima gave him the number one uh number plate or number? 
did he did they let him go off and like kiss his wife and kids you know like the traditional uh, tour thing not that i saw not not in the bit that i watched but i didn't Mm. watch all you know like 195k or something of it so he finished pretty respectably like top 30 or something i'm not looking at the results but decent for his last and then so that's cool and then the other news that spencer was talking about was tour of poland right Sagan won, won. He cut his hair. Now he has this horrible mustache thing that everyone's talking about. And uh, eh, I could really care less. But the the NBC Sports Gold sent me an email during the week. And it was like, hey, Ride London, Prudential Ride London coverage. And I was like, what is this? I got to watch a little bit of bike racing. Not a ton. But I chimed in for a little bit. And uh, Christoph won. But more importantly, America took the title in the women's race with Corinne Rivera taking mm-hmm. the um, the win, uh, which was fantastic yeah. over that was uh, awesome. the Cervelo Biglow ra- racer, Lada Lepetosa, Le- Le- I believe. Nailed it. Uh, yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. But Nailed her it. move, Lotto's move, like, into that 180, did you see that? Like, she totally chopped everybody into the 180 <laughs> for the finishing sprint. It was amazing. Textbook. As you should, yeah. 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 The uh, the overhead shot of uh, of Corinne's sprint to the win yes. was incredible. Like, she came across, like, a little gap and then just nailed everyone to the wall. It was it was rad. Like, she now, Spencer, it perfectly. Do you want to explain to Little Guy? Um, we, when we were in the podcast green room, Little Guy uh, yeah. was kind of – uh, dad, dad language um, about how much coverage there was for Ride London. Can mm-hmm. you tell him why you? Because you were like, actually, I thought it was pretty cool. Can you explain why you thought it was pretty cool uh, and try to uh, convince sell little me. guy? Well, okay. So there's there's a lot of things going on here that I like uh, above and beyond your so-called should be a bigger classic, San Sebastian. Um, That's a good ride. I, I don't doubt it, but Ride London it had mobile free coverage on the app uh, that I could watch live with a good high quality feed. I didn't have to go to the dark webs. That's that's one big plus. The other big plus, right. it, ha- it had a women's race. That's good. That's, that's a pretty big that, plus. That is a, that is a really big plus. It's yeah. true. I don't, does San Sebastian have a women's race? I'm assuming it doesn't. Let's, I'm not even going to look into the web to find out. Let's just go default. No, it, like whatever race you're talking about doesn't have a women's race because most yeah. of them don't. Um, and it's unfortunate. And I think... Events like Ride London are uh, much like the Hammer Series. They're going to be the future of cycling. They're more TV friendly. They're more. Uh, I don't know. It's an. It's. I I love and respect a lot of these classics. I like Saint Sebastian. There's been some amazing uh, races in the past that I like, but you know, some can, of, some of these have to go away to make room for new new events, and we got to be okay there with are- that. Can, there can is I, plenty of garbage we can get rid of without getting rid of a race like San Sebastian. Yeah. I would. I, no, I think I, the problem with cycling, this, though, often is that this, th- there was yeah. three races on one day, and and one of them is a classic, right? And then you have the first stage tour Poland and the ride London, and and sometimes I I have argued for this sort of div- multiple race thing, but that's that's a lot of post tour like trying to steal a lot of post tour thunder. You know what I mean? And I know mm-hmm. everybody wants that slot. It's like the coveted after Velocross. So, weekend in minnesota <laughs> very, um, very very everybody wants yeah. it you know you're just they're fighting for it everyone's tearing i want that energy i want that excitement but, that velocross brings but um you can't all have it i'm sorry folks so it's really cool for san sebastian but let me tell you uh, spencer i think that y- your description why it was cool um 
is there, but there is one other reason why the Prudential Ride London is the future of cycling, and that's that it's a three-day event in London that is open to amateurs. They have 25,000 people riding the same course that the men and women are racing on. So they do a 100-mile sportif, a 60-mile sportif, and then they have, like, basically um, open streets. They take over the streets of London, which... You know, is pretty amazing. So this is next level. I, I mean, I understand San Sebastian. You get the cool hat. It's it's cool. Push that back two weeks. This is the future in London, and yeah. you get to ride well, the same course. This is yeah. the GFNY like model. Like you, that's uh, how they can shut down this course because you got twenty five thousand people paying whatever like sure. pounds. I, w- I would call it more do. of the American style participation based uh, event rather oh, than cool. rather than the Fondo style. Um, but this isn't a, a, a Ride London versus San Sebastian argument. This is a new, you know, cycling 2.0 versus, you know, historical cycling. Like, if we can't get these historical races to improve and get with the times and add a women's race, things like that, then these, they need, you know, we're we're going to have clashes. We're going to have this stuff coming up and, and some of these new races are going to take the cake because they're, you know, they're better produced and better funded. And, uh, you know, you know how it goes when you've been putting on the same crit or whatever for 25 years and you're just kind of like going through the motions. I I feel like there's some of these races out there and, and San Sebastian, not necessarily the culprit, uh, that I'm talking about, but yeah, uh, yeah, there's races out there. Like you said, that, uh, could, could easily go by the wayside and nobody would, really bat an eye so like Shaw, yeah, Shaw so. Sells is coming up we, that needs a bigger <laughs> platform man that race is awesome Spe- speaking of uh, Shaw Sells uh, the uh, local team uh, superheroes of the Boston scene uh, Boston yes. scene got a uh, invite which was great they were also on the in the news uh, this past week for unfortunate sake, circumstance of the Absolutely. classic early post up bike throw slash crash a crash yeah. like that I haven't seen since the Harlem Skyscraper Classic Years ago, when uh, Buhati and the guy from Time U23 Development threw the bike out from underneath himself. Yes, he. Uh, that was that was a good bike throw. Threw the bike straight out from under him. Still won the race, sliding across the line on his chest. Uh, I think that was 2009? Yeah. Uh, 2008, maybe? Ago. Harlem, Harlem uh, Skyscraper crit. But yeah, so uh, Sam Rosenholtz, uh, CCB, at the Beverly GP uh, here in Massachusetts, um... Pulled off the early post up uh, to get nipped at the line by uh, by Jake Keough, um, but took it up I a notch. Kios. Took it up a notch by crashing himself uh, with the hands yeah. off the bars directly after the line, which is unfortunate. And you know, a lot of internet quarterbacking going on uh, when that video came up. It got shared around a lot. It was on Cycling Tips. It was on Cycling Weekly. Oh, lo- it was on it was, like the local news. Yeah. Like, it was everywhere. Um, you go on the but, Twitter fear, it was all like, hey, do we have permission to show this on the news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, you know, but a lot of a lot of amateur bike racers were like, oh, never do that. Bah, bah, bah. What is this? Who is this guy? What a clown. Blah, 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 I just want to follow it up and say, yeah, like, they have the invite to Shaw Shells, but, like, he just uh, finished fifth today in a uh, in the Sparkassen Giro Derny uh, over there uh-huh. in Europe. Uh, he was race. He was fifth Is that a place. Race? Hang on. He was fifth place behind Marcel Kittle, who won the race. Yeah. That's, so that's no Sam, joke. Sam's legit. He knows what no. he's doing. You don't need armchair quarterback him. 
He, he knows. You know what's great? Up. He took it like a champ. Oh, he like sure there did. wasn't like he was just like ah <laughs> eh, whatever. You know, like he he went up to the podium, still looked professional on the podium. Yeah. Um, friend of the podcast, Adam Meyerson, in third place. Yeah. Um, and Spencer, other news up in Boston. My favorite Florida cyclist, Ryan Woodall, sighting <laughs> oh, at the Boston uh, Rebellion mountain bike race, beating Jeremy Powers. Yeah. Oh, I, Sam, I could tell you were going to say Woodall just by the, the smile that was creeping <laughs> out of the corners of your mouth. I know listeners at home, you couldn't see, but you could probably hear the excitement in his face. But anyway, go, yeah. go on. Sorry. I do. Oh, no, that's, that's no, pretty no, much I, it. I, I, nice. I, got to, I got to shake the man's hand. I got to talk to Woodall for a minute. Uh, he, was, he was in good spirits. He had a great race. So, uh, yeah, it was good to see him. Good to catch that's up. That's great. And uh, Jay Powell's sending it over the A-line. That was good to see as well. So. Now – we're kind of burying the lead here. Um, big deal for us on the podcast today. In uh, We are going to be welcoming Olympian, professional cyclist, the beard, the man from Namibia, Dan Craven. And here he is. Slow Ride Podcast. Messi Brescio, uh, think of Saxon. I'm Lauren Stevens, and I'm here at the World Championships Road Race. This is Liam from Podium Insight. It's Rassam Bahadi. I'm Alex Dowser, and normally I'm racing for Movie Star. Here I'm racing for Team GB. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. We are we are joined by the uh, legendary two-time guest, the first ever two-time guest in the history of the Slow Ride Podcast, Dan Craven, multi-time Namibian national road champion, Olympian, and... Uh, beard enthusiast is here on the podcast hi guys it's <laughs> quite a pleasure to be here i can't believe i'm the first guy to be joining you guys for the second time this is yeah. exciting stuff you, a big you, honor yeah you beat out uh, several several people in a in a tight sprint there uh, <laughs> yeah well you're the only one that accepted the invitation twice <laughs> i'm a sucker I'm a sucker for punishment <laughs> between the last time and the uh that you were on and now I mean, you're on the the cycling academy team uh, again, but what you know? Congratulations for the Olympics and what you were able to accomplish there. From the Slow Ride podcast point of view, it was probably the best story of the Olympics. Doing the time trial on your road bike, it was everything that that we could have ever imagined it was. And that picture of you on the hot seat was great <laughs> for for that moment. And uh, you you owned the uh, the media. It was a mainstream crossover success. I loved it. And the best part was you didn't embarrass anybody, right? Like I remember you had that concern a little bit when you were putting out on Twitter of um, like, hey, should I even do this? And you handled it with a uh, pure class. It was great. Thanks. I mean, it was completely unexpected. I mean, the the last minute option to ride in the time trial because so many guys had crashed out in the road race and they needed someone to false places, mm-hmm. uh, rocking up there, no time trial training, no time trial bike, no time trial helmet, no time <laughs> trial suit, you know, just initially I thought I was crazy and, you know, it kind of slowly dawned on me that, you know, it's the Olympics and who says no to a invitation to compete at the Olympics? I mean, no, yeah. no matter that I'd already two days beforehand competed at the Olympics, you know, it's like you're still being given this golden opportunity to stand at the start line at the Olympics unexpectedly. I mean, that's amazing. 
It is. Yeah. It, it, it is fantastic. <laughs> now, I got a, another question. You are here in America, right, with, uh, with your Cycling Academy team? Um, they, they are racing at the, uh, the Colorado Cycling Classic Quiznos Challenge or whatever it's called nowadays. But my question um, to you is that you, you've been overcoming uh, some sickness. You know, you've been you've been battling some uh, some bad luck here in the states. So hopefully, we are the cure and uh, get you over the uh, the hump. Yeah. So the team has been in Aspen on an altitude training camp for two weeks plus already. Um, the trip over from Spain to Aspen, door to door, took me fifty hours. Because <laughs> lovely United Airlines. Uh, oh, you know we could have told you about that. We should <laughs> we should have warned him about. Oh. Uh, indeed, did, hindsight. You didn't get pulled off, yeah. <laughs> no, I, did, I did not get pulled off and beat up, but uh, we were in Washington D.C. and they cancelled the flight. Then they decided to spread the whole group of I don't know fifteen, sixteen people over four different options. I was the poor sucker who, <laughs> like, couldn't get a full night's rest. I, I had a flight the next day, but I couldn't get a night's sleep. I had to get up super early, get back to the airport, fly to Indianapolis. Um, Beautiful town. And then my amazing place, because then I got delayed there for an extra five hours on my own. <laughs> and, um, you know, so finally get to Aspen 50 hours later. 2,500 meters altitude, whatever it is, eight hours time difference, absolutely exhausted. Um, the only surprise is that I was the only guy who got sick. No one else got sick, you know, so that was, <laughs> that was a blessing in disguise. And unfortunately for me, we had nine guys here and only eight guys are doing the tour of Utah, which starts okay. Monday, tomorrow morning. And so my team has now skedaddled off to Utah to do the tour of Utah without me and then they come back and do the Colorado race whatever you called it I've really got no <laughs> idea what it's, it's got millions of names it seems yeah. um, and there are only six guys doing yeah. that and obviously we are nine guys here so mm. I mean I'm in trouble for even making that selection even though it should have just yeah. happened now I'm a bit behind so it's almost like you're in a purgatory uh, right now so so it's even worse because you're on our podcast, but uh, you know, <laughs> and be... now you're reminding me of the situation I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, sorry, I yeah, I, I have say, a tendency to do that. If you're going to be stuck somewhere, Aspen's not so bad, but uh, yeah, yeah. I must say, Aspen Aspen is quite cool, and we had um, this weekend there was a what's it EWS the Enduro World Series. Oh yeah, so Enduro okay. mountain biking and. Um, there's an Israeli girl who sort of does part-time work for the team who who's raced. She's the first privateer to ever get on the podium. Um, nice. So I got to, you know, go and watch her race downhill and then slug this heavy downhill bike back up the hills because <laughs> that's what Enduro is. You've got to ride the bike back up the hill again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's been entertaining. And Aspen is amazing. I mean – I'd, yeah. I'd never been here before, but now I know why I'd heard of it so much. Right, right. Well, great. Well, welcome to the States. And now you are about to enter a illustrious land, a, 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 the promised land, if you will. And that is the top corner draft corner. And this is where 
we've, we do a fantasy draft of something important about cycling. So basically, you're going to pick pick your uh, your squad that you're going to roll um, four or five deep into the uh, the bar with one night, and th- these are the these are the people you're going to take to the uh, the bar the bar fight with you. And what we're selecting here is the greatest cycling jerseys of all time. So the kit that Dan from Nam would want to wear when he's in uh, you know a Grand Tour like you were at the Vuelta or or anywhere else. These are the greatest jerseys. Now, since you are the guest on the uh, podcast, you get to select the, the, the order of the team. So you can pick first, or you could say, Tim, you get to go first. Uh, Spencer, you get to go fourth. Um, so I, why don't you just go ahead and uh, choose the teams, um, if you will, and, uh, and, and how we're going to select here. And uh, you let me know uh, what position I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very slick move you just pulled on the on the this Skype isn't a cam. video podcast. It's really good. Yeah. Yes, that's that's a beautiful jersey we we're wearing right there. I'm I'm quite impressed. It's a little small. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on, I'm on oh, dad, are you a little big? Dad bod. Yeah. I've been working out. Thanks for asking. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> All right. So so I must select. Jersey first or position first? Yeah, we need to. Yeah, we need to pick our positions first. Yeah, you got to pick your order. Do you want to choose first? I think you should choose first, but that's just me. Of course, I'm going to choose first. Okay, okay. and then right. uh, we'll go little guy, uh, me, and then Spencer. All right, cool. Fine. All right. Fine. All right. So, but but it goes serpentine. So oh, yeah. one two three four four three two one one two three four back and forth. Yeah, so it's going to be a little uh, bit before you pick, uh, Dan. So you better hit it out of the park. Well, you pick, and then you get to yeah. So what's your favorite cycling jersey of all time, Dan? I, I must say the one you're wearing there right now. Oh. Wow. All right. So that, that's actually that's a, it's a good solid it, pick. It's, it's not protein. Does that count? That's yeah, this fine. One, you that's can fine. wear this yeah. one because you wear it in the so, Olympics. I am wearing the Namibia uh, nas- or the Namibian national team jersey from the Olympics. It's a great so, kit. Looks good on me. Very slimming. I have to it's cross awesome this off of my list of choices that I was going to choose from, so thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a uh, strong pick out of the gate, and I, I do um, – that was the only jersey, Dan, that I was going to allow you to pick without selecting your current team's jersey of Cycling Academy just out of, like, full respect for your sponsors. And we'll, we'll give you a pass because we know, of course, that's going to be your, uh, you know, as they say, uh, country over club or, or whatever, you know. So good job with the Namibia uh, jersey. You. Little I think guy. we have to come back to the Namibia jersey a little bit later, but let's keep going with okay. this first. Okay, we will. And uh, little guy, what do you got? Well, you guys know I'm going to pick the Castorama kit. Come yeah, on. I knew yeah. that for sure. Obviously, Classic. it's the greatest kit of all time. It looks like you're wearing overalls. <laughs> and Vignon wore it. The Castorama kit, look it up on the old Google. That is the pinstripe overall uh, kit that Vignon is so good. Yeah. Now, little guy, they're a, they're, a, they're a gas station, right? Isn't that what it is? I don't even know what they are. Isn't There's it a sort hardware of... store or something? Yeah, it's like home store, improvement. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was like a Home Depot kind of. Yeah. Mm. I haven't been there. I have to. Um, <laughs> I will, uh, I'll go next, um, and I am going to just uh, go out there and claim it right now. I'm going to take the T-Mobile team Damn kit it! made famous Ooh. by Jan Ulrich. The T-Mobile Ooh, tank. So great. Now, now here's what I'm going to do, and Spencer, you're going to kill me for this. I'm just going to claim it both. T-Mobile did something that most teams can't do. They made two fantastic kits for both the men's and the women's team when the women's team was based out of here in the U.S. with the Flames. But the T-Mobile pink, very simple, 
fantastic, and Jan looks so awesome when so, he was riding that. So ride. thin and Pink stuff. is slimming. Yeah, pink oh, is yeah. slimming. Okay. It's very good. Um, well, so that's that's three kits that I would have taken with my first pick, actually, that are now <laughs> One off just of my to list. spite me. I know, one, one mostly to spite Little Guy. The other two I think we should just picks. choose Little Guy's picks now just to see where he's at, because we know what he's going to um, take. I don't I, think you guys know, because I don't know. I have, <laughs> I have a couple. I have a couple that I think you're going to pick. But I, I can't let it drop any further than fourth. Uh, so with my, with my first pick, I'm going to take the Mepe uh, kit, the classic Mepe. Oh, that's a so good-looking kit. Now, it's what so are those? bad, it's amazing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, Dan, what are those little geometric shapes down on the bottom? Are those supposed to be tiles or something? Yeah, mape is, yeah, is it's tiles. They okay, so tiles that is what it is. And home improvement goodies, right. cement. And, and so now, now with the uh, last pick of the first round, and now with the first pick of the second round, yeah, this I, is I, get two, I get two in a row. <laughs> okay. And uh, I'm going to take one that I think Little Guy might be sad about. I'm sorry, but I'm going to take uh, another uh, classic Fignon uh, jersey with the Renault Elf. Uh, ah, ah. Uh, that's a good kit. Right. You're a jerk. I know. It's a beautiful kit, though. You can't go wrong. That's a good color combination. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, like the, the best part. They had the, it had the diagonals, too, right? Didn't yep. they have uh, the stripes? Yeah. Yeah, the stripes. Stripes are always good. All right, All right, my uh, my second pick in the uh, in the second pick of the second round, I am going to go with um, the current iteration of the AG2R kit. I am Oof. a sucker for that baby blue and brown. Yeah. Um, this is not the old AG. AG2R has had some horrible jerseys through, through its time. <laughs> it's been a long time sponsor, but the the current rendition, and all of it, that that touch of baby blue makes it so awesome. So I am taking AG2R. Dan, you're our uh, expert in the professional peloton. Are the AG2R um, athletes as awesome as their jerseys, or are they, you know, a little <laughs> a little, snooty? A little more French. <laughs> yeah. Well, the French riders kind of stick to themselves mostly. That makes sense. So, but they've they've got some really cool guys on the team. Uh, ben Gustauer, the Luxembourg rider who did an amazing ride in the Tour de France. He was actually teammates with me on an amateur team in Switzerland about a million years ago. Uh, when was it? 2006, 7, and 8, I think. Right. We were teammates. Um, and he's a, he's a quiet guy, but he's a, he's a good guy. Like, you can, you can rely on him. So you say the French stay to themselves. Like, how do you infiltrate that? Do you just, like, walk up to them and be like, Hey, guys, I'm Dan from Nam. Have you read my Instagram? Have you seen my Instagram? Read my Twitter, and then they're like. Well, first oh. you have to start by speaking French. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. That was my. That was my. No, that mistake. might help. That might help. <laughs> Helps a little bit every now and then. All right, uh, little guy, who do you got with your second pick? Uh, well, I gotta snag up these finions while I can. Um, take the System U <laughs> kit. Beautiful kit. One That's of the few one. that I I own the jersey of actually, so I can really say that I do enjoy it. System U. All right. I was I, I was surprised, little guy, that you were going to go with the System U kit. Um, if Dan is smart here, he can still get a classic Fignon kit. Um, well, he's gonna get, why, is, why is this whole competition a, a way just to steal so, from me? I have... You, you'll, I get a, you'll get a pick, and then you'll get the first pick of the uh, third round as well. So yes, you, you get got two in a row. row. I got two in a row. So, yeah. the first... 
one of my first jerseys I ever owned. And Ooh. if memory serves me correctly, the only jersey from a pro team that I've not been on, um, so as a fan yeah. of a pro team that I've ever owned, was the Seiko kit. Ooh, oh, so good. good. Off my list. <laughs> oh. Okay. And uh, just the fact that, you know, at the time, Chippo, Chippo was king, and yep. those Cannondales. Uh, I mean, yes, I ride a Cannondale now, but <laughs> I didn't ride a Cannondale no. then. But I had the jersey, and it rocked. Now, now, does this include all the all the Chippo specific iterations of that kit as well? Like with the exoskeleton and uh, <laughs> the other varieties, the zebra, I mean, like all that. Just well, the zebra. Well, some of those were. Okay, yeah, yeah, some of those weren't. So, so now that I'm I'm first in the third yeah. round, it's my turn. I I'm struggling to decide between the zebra of the Domino Vacans and another jersey, which I'm not going to let you guys in on just yet. Um, but I'm going to have to go with that, the zebra kit Domino Vacans. Yeah. Uh, just the fact that you know we have zebras on the farm in Namibia. Grew up with them running around. That kit, that kit is good. So I just. To go back to that Seiko, that's a thing. Mm. The red on the Seiko is great, but then remember how they had that limited edition uh, legalize my Cannondale jersey? Oh, the black and white stripes. The black and white, and it was that yeah. whole Seiko. Fantastic. And then when they had uh, Kappa was the uh, sponsor for a while, and they had the yes. Kappa logo running down the tops. That <laughs> I got was... a ton of respect for you, even more now. So it's a good pick. <laughs> and then you go with the, the, the zebra kid, as we say here in the states. Yes. Um, that's something I can actually pronounce. <laughs> Uh, of the Mina Vacanze. When that jersey first came out, I must admit I was not a fan. But yeah. over the years, it's grown on me more and more. Possibly got to do with the fact that the longer I spend out of Namibia, the more I, you know, love things that remind me of Namibia. Homesick, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Little and guy. then, uh, little guy, what do you got for your third pick? I'm going to throw a curveball. You guys aren't going to guess this. I'm going to pick the MG Megalificio Techno Gym Kit. It's Ooh, got an M, a gym, a G, and an apple on the front. And Bunio wrote it. So <laughs> It's a navy blue kit, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, That's a good pick. And, well, it's a classic little guy pick there. Um, and and damn they, what it was, which is a little... <laughs> <laughs> so all right my pick um with the uh my third pick and th- this is uh oof, um are we going are we going four deep or five deep here we're gonna go five we're going pretty quick here. <laughs> oh jeez. Okay. um i am gonna take the 2007 unibet question mark kit um Whoa. you may remember when unibet was not allowed to join the uh at that time was it the pro tour yeah. I think yeah. this is the year, you know, and they, they went with the, because um, there was that whole thing about uh, gambling teams weren't allowed in, and so they gambling went with the question mark. to advertise. That's yeah. right. So the Unibet question mark kit, uh, you can just Google that one. It only lasted like six races, but man, did it look good. <laughs> Very good. Very good. And uh, Spencer, you got back-to-back picks here. I do. Um, so with, what is this, my third pick? Um, That's your third pick, yeah. I'm going to go uh, into the women's field here uh, for uh, for my third pick. Um, not that I'm afraid you guys are going to take it necessarily, but because I want it on my squad. 
my 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 collection of jerseys here at the end. I'm gonna go Wiggle Honda, the current Wiggle Honda Uh-oh. kit. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. Solid. I like it. Yeah. The black yeah. with just the one mm-hmm. band of orange. Solid kit. It's 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 classic. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are some <laughs> bad okay. no, kits I was, out there. I was expecting a different women's team. So, oh, yeah, okay. I was just surprised by that choice. Now, see, I need to balance, like, the best looking with the one that, like, is also, like, the most powerful. Like, they, they have a lot of riders on the team. I think I might like the Matrix uh, women's team kit the best out of all the women's team's kits. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my pick, Wiggle Honda. You know, um, I'm surprised, Dan. You're actually pretty good at this game for just getting this dropped on you uh, literally 30 seconds before your first pick. You're actually uh, knowing, like, Wiggle Honda, I like your response there. This is uh, this is going well. So let's see if Spencer can dig out of this hole of a horrible pick uh, with his fourth pick on the team and the first pick of the fourth round. Uh, all right. So I'm um, going to take it back classic again. Uh, we're going back. Back to the 80s and 90s here, and I'm going to take the 7-Eleven kit. Ooh, Solid. That's a, not bad. I like that. Spencer, you redeem yourself a little bit there. America's team, the original America's team, before uh, Cannondale and Rigoberto Uran, uh, <laughs> the non-American on the America's team. Yeah. Uh, slate it. So 7-Eleven, good stuff. Uh, fourth round, uh, my pick is going to be um, – I'm going to take it. Uh, the Bianchi kit of Ulrich that was so beautiful when he had that uh, Celeste time trial helmet. Uh, the whole kit was fantastic. The replacement for Team Coast to make the greatest Tour de France of all times. So that is going to be the Bianchi team of, what was that, 2006? Three. Right? Three. Okay, thank but you. One of the saddest days of my life when Ulrich crashed in that time trial. Oh, yes. I know. And the, and the oh, spark, you brought yeah. back bad memories. We talked about this a couple of episodes ago, um, Dan. Do you uh, was that sadder, or was it the next year when Ul- when uh, Armstrong caught Ulrich in the prologue on the bridge on the time trial? I was watching when <laughs> when Ulrich crashed in that time trial. He was ahead of Armstrong, and we were a room full of people. Half of them were German speaking Namibians. There was only one single guy who was you know, rooting for Armstrong and we were getting so excited and <laughs> and then he just laid it down on the side and skidded uh, across the road and it was just devastating. It was. Yeah. So that one that one just has to take the cake. Yeah, that one definitely does. That's one of the few um watching cycling memories where I remember exactly where I was. You know, where I'm like, I know <laughs> exactly. It wasn't exactly. like I, I know just like I know. Yeah, it's just the whole. I can remember the whole scene. Uh, painful. Exactly. All right, what do you got, a uh, little guy? Um, I'm gonna go with the Tulip Computers kit. Oh, that's a good one. Because it, it was also one of the early kits where the shorts would had some versions where the shorts matched the um jerseys. You know, so they, they're kind of groundbreaking and it's goofy looking. <laughs> And who it doesn't is. want a tulip computer? I mean, I'm on one right now. That's why my connection's so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, this, this was on my list of uh, of jerseys you were definitely gonna pick. That was my that was my dark used to horse to take to spite me. Yeah, that was oh, my wow. dark horse I that I was gonna I was gonna grab it just to spite you, and I didn't. <laughs> well, thank you. So you can thank <laughs> Wiggle Honda for Sp- that. Spencer, you can still get the MS Word team with the uh, floppy disks if uh, you know that yeah. that one still may be down there, so you can uh, challenge them. Um, 
so Dan, you have two picks back to back. You have sure. your, uh, these are your final teams. So mm-hmm. well, let's just go through it. You have the Namibia national kit, you have Seiko, then you have the Lion King uh, kit from uh, the, the, you know, the zebra kit of mm-hmm. uh, Domina Vacanze. What do you, uh, what do you, what do you uh, round so, out your squad with? Number four is going to be slightly controversial. Uh, it's going to be the Alessio Bianchi kit. Ah. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's, that's sort of. Why is that controversial? It's um, not a great kit. <laughs> it's not a great kit. It has a wheel it still on it. means something to me. I don't know quite yeah. why. Um, I I think I like the team more than I like the kit, even though I didn't know much about the team. But there was a guy, a uh, Scandinavian, whose name is slipping my memory right now. It's Frank Hoy. Oh, okay. Oh, Frank. Frank Boy, yeah. Boy yeah, wrote yeah. a diary for Pro Cycling magazine or one of those when yeah, he was yeah. riding for that team. And I used to, I couldn't afford to buy the magazine, but I'd like stand in the shop and read it. That's <laughs> what little guy does yes. every day at work. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. that diary really sort of was influential to me. It was just like, it was an honest opinion, just this guy telling it like it was what he'd experienced. And because of that, when I first went over to Europe, I got in touch with a South African cycling magazine and I ended up writing a diary for them for seven years, um, almost uh-huh. monthly. And yeah, Frank Hoy wrote that kit and it was just nice. sort of, you know, at the back of my brain, it's sort now of the- clung on there. It had the wheel, right? Wasn't that the whole thing? Like, is, is that the Elise? Is that the one that Aless- they made? If I remember correctly, Alessio made rooms, rims, car, yeah, okay, packs, whatever yeah. you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. Um, uh, they used to have the last helmet too, right? The LAS yes, helmet. They had that last helmet with that weird section in the middle, and Magnus yeah. Baxter rode for them. Yeah, that's that's what I remember of that team was him yeah. being off the front all the time in those early season races. Now, but that was that tradition of the Bianchi, like where they get that Bianchi color mixed in a little bit, and you're kind yeah. of like, Ooh, I don't know, that, that little bit of a clash. Yes, they they <laughs> kind of they they got away with it only just um, when Bianchi went to Barler World and they brought the red and the Bianchi yeah. Celeste in, they didn't really get away with that. Well, and then yeah. Lotto didn't Lotto Jumbo have it for a little while too with the uh, the uh, Celeste one, the Lotto. Oof. Yellow lot. Yeah, well, that's I mean, they have the bikes, which you, clashes enough as it is. Yeah. You got a pretty solid squad here. Now, who's your heavy? Who you who you bring in in uh, in the last round to really just get you over the top? Um, <sighs> this is uh, there's there's another team that sort of ah uh, for crying out loud. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> go with it because it's it's kind of so embarrassing that I'm I'm saying this team. But <laughs> oh, all right, Sonia Duval Prodier. Oh, Ooh. that's a solid pick. Uh, no, question, I'm, Dan, I'm with you. With the yellow, <laughs> the yellow bibs, or was it when they had the um, the yellow and black bibs? Remember, yellow. Was... Okay, all yellow. all yellow. Yeah. No, I, Dan, I totally agree with you. I, I love the like full yellow goofiness with the little mm-hmm. logo on the front. It's great. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's it's solid. It stands out. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't an amazing team, but uh, it's a problem. Well, they had Chris Horner. They, they did. Of course, how could I forget? They had the, the team manager lived across the valley from where I lived in Switzerland, so 
you know, I had a little bit of a connection. Sure. Like, I mean, I'd see the guy once in a blue moon, massive connection. Um, Did you ever see the Cobra? <laughs> I, I raced against the Cobra as an amateur. And let me tell you, he was, um, <sighs> what word can I use on a family show? He was not oh. a popular character oh, from, from when he was amateur. I actually, I remember Wait, it's, when it's he was okay. still he's an never going to race against you, so you can do whatever you want. <laughs> but when, when he was still an amateur, I raced against him, and he was the Italian under-23 champ. And I remember writing on a cycling forum in South Africa, like, you guys are going to hear about this guy more in the future, and please don't support him because he's not a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, you know, the rest is history. Uh, yeah. Ricardo Rico uh, making friends when he was a junior in the amateur you know that, he yeah when he was a, possibly under 16 or when he was a junior he, that is when he made the the illogical jump from average bike rider to unbeatable not when he was a pro he yeah, he made that sort of yeah. jump when he was still way too young to be doing dodgy things uh, but man do you know what was great about him he told you he was going to attack before the stage started it was great <laughs> Yeah, because he knew well, how good he was. But, the yeah. eyeballs, and I can also do that. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, one I think thing that, that I hate is people. People are like, "Oh, this guy's got you know." When when they're talking about in the past, when they're talking about someone that we know to be a doper, and when they still now talk about people that I suspect, and they're like, "Oh, this guy's got so much," you know balls he's attacking here and it's like the only reason he can attack and no one else can attack is because he's juiced to the eyeballs you know like yeah. it's not it's not <laughs> going to do anything with courage oh yeah yeah um he's not a good guy i agree well i didn't name, i didn't name my cat after him righty i didn't yeah, go no. to that level oh, i no, saved no, that just named your cat after deluca yeah because yeah. another guy that never juiced or anything or or oh, basically yeah. was like a probably an idol for rico yeah so i'm up. pretty much the the guy that you hate on the group ride that's talking about how awesome uh, ricardo rico was <laughs> at that for that moment or deluca so yeah that uh the killer in the but cobra but thanks for sharing when the cobra came up to him you and me like knew from the beginning i feel like the first time we ever saw him we were like that guy's getting popped any day now yeah all right little guy um uh, okay. you have a tough uh you have solid a solid kit though very solid kit um so, little guy, you have to come out with your yeah. squad here. Uh, Dan's definitely taking the early lead here. Nice, uh, nice, nice mixture. Who do you got to um, finish the day? I can think of a couple that you could pick. Uh, um, I have a few. I, I don't know. It's tough. Um, God, the last picture really hard. I kind of want to go, I think, with the uh, Atala. Oh, it looks sort of like a print form. It's so bad that it. It's sort of quintessentially. Sorry, little guy, you were breaking up there. We don't even know what kid. team you chose. Um, your neighbor's Wi-Fi is acting up a little bit. But what? Uh, what was go over and redo the Dell. The Atala uh, off Mega team. The Italia off Mega. I'm just gonna have to Google that because it sounds horrible. Atala. What's it look like? Oh, Atala bicycles. It's yeah. It's it's blue and white striped, and it's it just looks like a prison uniform. It's oh, so bad that it it goes over the edge to me of being being. <laughs> Just exactly what people think. When you tell someone that isn't into cycling that you're going to put on spandex, they imagine you're going to put on something that dumb. <laughs> and it's sort of, it's it yeah. just feels like I should probably have that in my arsenal. Yeah. So, 
it's the the Cannondale legalized my Cannondale turned horizontal and turned blue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before well, that sounds and so, if you, but but it's not Kelme. No. <laughs> Remember Ooh. the, Ooh, oh, the, the blue and the green. <laughs> I have. A, I mean, there's a lot of things I want to pick, but we can only go five. So. So my pick, I I'm up between a rock and a hard place. I don't have like a super classic kit. So like there there's one that you can take that I know the Twitter sphere is going to be like, how did no one pick that? But um. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my heart, and I am gonna take uh, Uscatel Uscati with the Ebon Mayo Heimar Zubeldia tag team. Get that Musette bag out, kid. Grab the handlebars of uh, your favorite cyclist because Mayo is going hunting in the bright orange of the Uscatel Uscati. Man, remember when they go in the Pyrenees and all the orange on the side of the mountain? It was like a Green Bay Packers football game. It was fantastic. Good stuff out there. I the, would uh, unzip his jersey, and all of the Spanish housewives would go wild. And <laughs> yeah. Good old days. I have good old days. Another have, guy that probably called his shot because he was doping. <laughs> I have Uskatel on my list here with a star next to it because I wanted to take it to block Tim from taking it because I knew it was <laughs> he would. I didn't get there in time. I, I overlooked it, and I uh, I feel bad about that. Um, but I've got I've got the final pick here to close out, so this is a lot of pressure. And there's uh, a lot of pressure. Like kind of like little guy said, there's a there's a lot of great uh, kits left to choose. Uh, we're gonna leave a lot of good stuff on the table. Um, so I need to kind of cover as much ground as I can. So I'm gonna take the Swiss national champion kit, just in general, uh-huh. just like in general. all of them. <laughs> Just, just the white yeah. cross, like every. <laughs> yeah, like the classic, like Fabian kit, like red jersey, white cross. That's it. Like, I guess it could be the national. No, nah, not the national team kit. The national champion jersey. Yeah. They usually have a pretty ugly national team kit, isn't bit. it? Uh, yeah, it's not even. Yeah, like that red cross or the white cross on the red background. Yeah. Um, definitely a famous look. Uh, that that's all right, Spencer. I I think it's good. I mean, there's there's so many teams that are left. I mean, obviously the one everyone's going to tell us about that should have been picked is Team Belkin. Um, that uh, the, the with the green chevron <laughs> over the shoulders was just amazing. I, I thought uh, you were going to say everyone was going to tell us we needed to pick uh, the liquid gas kit because that one was beautiful. Uh, that <laughs> okay, one was now good. you guys are going way <laughs> off in the wrong direction. <laughs> okay, Can I just say if I had to buy a, a jersey, yeah. What I would buy is the the Canyon Shram women's team jersey. That's very no, good. Yeah. That's, that, that is very good. good. That is the first on a list of one jerseys yeah. of pro teams that I would spend money on. Yeah, for sure. It's a good pick. Okay. And then uh, Team Z was one that I thought for sure a uh, little guy would take. With just okay. like that's, that's pretty much got little guy written yeah. all over it, in my opinion. Just the, team, the explosion. Instead, he goes with teams I've never even heard of. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that one, but anyway. Onse kit from the Tour de France when it was pink instead of yellow. That was yeah. How was, did uh... you not pick the Onse kit, Tim? Because I had What's to take favorite? Bianchi, Unibet, AG2R, and T-Mobile. I only get five. Yeah. Decisions. It's tough, man. Enough well, I won that. Guys, so do you guys remember nice. when Murillo Fisher was Brazilian champion riding oh, for yeah. Garmin Slipstream? Yep. That jersey. Oh man, that was awesome. <laughs> I gotta look that one up. Was it like you're was... talking Tim's language? Tim was always bringing up Fisher every all the time because he was B World National Champion or he something. Was. I was there. That was my first time to Europe. Really? Yeah, ah, all right, I, I cool. told him 
on the start line of the Olympics road race in Brazil, I was like, dude, you won three worlds. He was like, what? Like, how do you know? And I was like, I was there. <laughs> I didn't yeah, finish the race. He won the race. You know, we kind of equal. Do they Basically, still do the B-Worlds? Yeah, do they still no. do that? B-Worlds, Aigle, that Murilo Fischer was the second last time it happened. Then it happened after that in Cape Town, which was the qualification race for uh, Beijing. And in the Cape Town race, there was some dodgy food served in the hotel the night before. And I oh. ended up stopping next to the road and using my gloves. And oh, wow. Yes. And there were quite a lot of us who were in that situation. Fun times. So- the so World Championship, yeah. I always thought was a pretty cool little uh, little thing. I always thought it was a kind of a unique way to um, to get out there and uh, see the different uh, upcoming. You know, there was that the one here in the states that people remember from the B World Championship was uh, that uh, Ivan Stevic. Won uh, Cape Town. Oh yeah. Oh, did he win Cape Town? <laughs> Stevic. That's the man. Another a friend of Rico's. Yeah, I was just about to say. Yeah. <laughs> I was not a fan of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> we we were, we interviewed him at uh, ro- the Road World Championships in Richmond when oh, we yeah. got our press passes, and uh, he was the only guy that like was willing to talk to us. And then we couldn't get away from him. Like yeah. it was like, oh, well, we got to go. Like we got to like talk to you know other people, other people. And yeah. he kept talking about Toyota United and uh, the glory that was that team. So. Yeah. Um, lots of good. Well, thanks for playing. Um, I got a quick question for you. Uh. Till Drobish? Yes. Come on. <laughs> so, Till is a buddy. I mean, Namibian fighting world is small. Um, and last year in the Namibian National Championships, I, I'd i gone there and all I'd done was race really defensively because it was used as a bit of an Olympic qualification. It was like a weird political yeah. situation. I raced super defensively, pipped him on the line. Um, it was close, but it was still clear and comfortable that I'd won. And then this year he pipped me on the line and it was really close. And yes, I've been kicking myself ever since, but you know what can I do? He beat me. Yeah. Well, he's, he's won it before. It was good, but I mean, you've, you've were a champion back in 2005. Uh, so yeah, I was just curious. I was just going to, you know, give you a little bit of crap on that because <laughs> i was just assuming that you were the national champ again and then this till guy i was like come on well what do we got to do so here how many people show up to the road um national championships in namibia um how many are at the start line so in the elite men category elite men under 23 um i think this year we had over 20 massive crowd okay yeah um and and it was a reasonably it was a flat course one little bump in it and um, you know, basically Till and I were just watching each other all day. So the, the time gaps weren't as big as they could have been, like had the two of us been racing flat out. But, you know, we just, we kind of knew that we just had to watch each other mostly. Is that a normal uh, race size at the national championships in Namibia? Like, is there about 20 elite athletes or is there more like, that's you a, know, 30 that's or 40? A good, that's a good group. Um, okay. I, I'm very happy if I see elite group that's racing. And for the first time ever at national champs, there was actually like a little bit of team action happening 
Um, so there's some teams that are forming. Um, and, and Namibia finally is really not getting, not having your token one or two black cyclists. They're actually having more. So it's amazing to see like the development is really starting to work, starting to pay off. Awesome. Uh, well, nice. So that's a, uh... That's good to hear. Go ahead, Spencer. You, you, you said uh, it was a relatively flat course. Does it change? Is it not the same course every year for uh, for the national championships? This this course it was on this year. It's been many times. Um, the course last year was brand new. Never okay. used that before. Um, but no, they generally they generally change it around almost okay. every year. Just curious. That's good. And they've also they started building, extending the highway, which means that there's no place to ride now in the capital because the capital, a little bit of Namibian stories here, um, the capital about 10, 15 years ago had a population of 200,000 and now it's in the region of 400,000, you know, oh, just wow. sort of mushroom, which for road cycling has really not been good. And that's why the future of Namibian cycling is pretty much in mountain biking. Hmm. Yeah. Or, or segue Sam here, bike packing world championships. Now you have been out there, uh, you know, doing some uh, gravel riding. Uh, is, mm. is this going to be the the next, uh, you know, the post uh, the retirement? Uh, you know, five six years from now, when you uh, when you decide to be a, done being a professional, you're going to start showing up to uh, gravel grinders. Well, I've already, you know, I I built three steel bikes, steel frames from scratch myself. The third one was a gravel grinder, um, mm -hmm. built it with Saffron Frameworks in London. Um, check out his bikes and check out while I'm at it, check out the bicycle Academy was the where I learned to build frames mm -hmm. also in the UK. Amazing people. Um, gravel grinding is amazing. It just makes me so happy i get on the gravel on a road bike on my gravel bike whatever it just puts a massive fat smile on my face and um bike packing i mean i recently got the bike packing gear uh, my fiance is actually currently don't even know i think she's in austria at the moment she was in italy and she's in austria now with two friends on a bike pack cool. um yeah that's so, that yeah, stuff so needs to happen we we had an idea to uh, we actually bought the domain name so if you go there it'll redirect to our site but the world uh, camping ships um, for <laughs> for bike bike camping um, so this is a, this is a big thing it's good to know that uh, this is the direction things are going that we're we're we've got our finger on the pulse here and we're... have you are you guys following the transcontinental no we is haven't it, is that the uh, a across uh, Europe and then they yeah. they named it after the gentleman that unfortunately passed away at the yes. uh, India uh, uh, Pacific race in Australia. Yes, that's the one. Um, so that's busy going on right now. And um, I've got a few people I know who are doing it. That's definitely something that there's an, itch. Do it? there's an itch. I'm probably going to have to scratch that itch at some point. Yeah. In the future. There's also obviously talking of gravel grinding, uh, the divide, right? The divide. You know, that's that's another strong itch that's potentially getting stronger. Nice. I like it. Well, that'd be cool. You know, uh, if you need a crew, um, 
I don't know how to work on bikes. Uh, little guy can take <laughs> care of that, and Spencer can be your marketing and media person. I'll just be your. Um, if you just want to wear a headphone, I can just, just give you instructions. Um, yeah, that would be. Uh, wow, that's exciting. So, do you think transcontinental? Huh? That's uh, that's kind of next on the list. Uh, it's not next on the list, but it's it's definitely you know it's it's written in bold on the list quite far down. Now I know that uh, uh, when we're uh, before we came on the air, you are uh, going to be getting married um, here soon. So congratulations on that. That's fantastic. Um, uh, Major Biscuits, the most popular cat cycling cat on Instagram, is going to be the Ring Bear, if I'm uh, correct. And, uh, <laughs> if she'll behave. So what's a uh, where, where are you at right now in your career and what, what you're thinking about doing, uh, you know, moving with like what, what goals do you have left in the uh, road side of things? So if you look on ProCyclingStats.com, you will see there's a – you've got to really look. It's hidden away. There's something where it's most countries raced in. And oh. I am currently number three on the ranking. Um, I think I have 37 countries that I've done a UCI pro race in. Um, yeah. It does exclude a few countries that, you know, were pre-pro cycling stats time. Um, so I do actually have more than that. But first and second place are tied on 39. That's a a random little target of mine. I would like to. It's a good one. I like that. Be number what, one what, on there for once. Um, what countries do you need? Oh, I mean anything that I've not been to. Okay. Um, but You've the been countries to Canada yet? that I've I've raced in Canada several okay. times. Yeah. Um, the, there's some strange places on there. I mean, Cameroon and Gabon and, right. you know, uh, Congo, Congo Brazzaville. That's another strange one. Um, yeah. So you gotta, you got to look for the deep cuts. Have you been to Iceland? I've not been to Iceland, but I've not been anywhere in Scandinavia either. Oh, uh, well, oh been okay. Denmark, well, there's three easy East. ones. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Done. So... Um, and strangely enough, I've not done a pro race in Austria, which baffles me, but I suppose they don't have too many there. Um, but yeah. about my career, I mean, I do want to keep racing my bike, but it's reached a point where it's not necessarily in my hands uh, for the simple reason that I'm very comfortable on the team that I'm on now. I'm not going to be shopping around to try and get on a different team. I don't want to... Like, there's no team that I think I would fit in better than I do here. I, you know, this is the team I've always been yeah. looking for. Not saying it's perfect, because absolutely no team is perfect, but at the point that I'm at in my career, the things that the team stands for, the reason they do certain things, I'm just really happy. But I've not had a fantastic year, as you've already pointed out with Till beating me in the champs. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> the, that that was just the beginning. It's it's kind of continued, not amazingly. Um, I'm always, you know, crying myself to sleep with old injury problems that I'm trying to fix. And I've really turned a corner with the injuries, but they still haven't been. Like it's not at a point where I'm performing the way I want to on a bike, and time is running out. So we'll see what happens this year, but. All I know is for sure is next year are the Commonwealth Games, Gold Coast, Australia, and I really want to be there. Oh, that'd be oh, great. That's, that's a, good. And, you know, let, let's be honest here. You're only 34. I mean, mm. you, you still have – I mean, I'm 
a ripe young 36. And as you can tell in this amazing jersey that I'm wearing, I still look good. Um, I still have a lot of fitness. So you still have at least minimum two years of high quality uh, racing coming up. So that's I mean, that's that's what I would like. And it's but... good that you're I mean, you're on a perfect team for it. It's a lot of fun to follow the team on Twitter. I think that what they're doing is uh, been great. And they're kind of that, um, you know, the, almost like the the young, like the focus on the younger riders. And you can fit, fit the the fill the void, if you will, is like the veteran presence, I think, is probably super important for what they're trying to do. So that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that said, for next year, uh, I can't quite let the cat out of the bag, but there are some big things happening next year. So keep your eyes out on on what the team is up mm. to. We will. Ah, All right. Great. We'll Fantastic. On. Well, um, we, we we do have one listener question that that we should probably ooh. get oh. to. Um, yeah. We had a, listener too. We we had an email come in, uh, and this is seems random to me, but uh, I, I'm told that it's going to make sense to you. Um, but he just wrote, uh, Ruby Roubaix wrote us and said, Hey guys, can you ask Dan if he ever played rugby? And if he did, was he a hooker? (laughs) All right. Does that baffle you guys? It absolutely baffles Americans. So, so hooker is a position in rugby. Okay. It's, um, you know, in the scrum when the guys sort of, the team sort of, bash yeah. up against each other as if they I don't know trying to knock down a door or something one of the main <laughs> guys in the middle like everyone hooks onto him basically oh. you know that's okay and oh, okay. possibly the reason that they ask if I think Ruby comes from the UK which is interesting um, because if you say my name to any Well, definitely elderly Africa, elderly South African. Um, they will recognize my name, but not because of me. Um, my grandfather, whose name was Danny Craven, was um, Mr. Rugby in many senses. Oh, yeah. um, he played for the national team. He was a captain. He was a coach. He was the president of the federation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, ah, Okay. I was lucky that I grew up in Namibia, so people, as much as they recognized my name, they were kind of like, he can't be family because he's in Namibia, he's not in South Africa. Um, So there wasn't quite the pressure on me, but I still did play it. And the only reason that I always made the team was because I was in a German school playing soccer, but I was playing rugby with the Afrikaans school, so... Like soccer was Monday and Wednesday, rugby was Tuesday and Thursday. So I was the only guy on either team who was running his ass off four days a week. So I was the fittest guy there. So I could run the entire match long. And that's why I got on both teams. But the reason I became a cyclist is because I can't catch a ball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's why most most of us are cyclists. (laughs) Yeah, and I was was, um, a flank. Okay. Okay. That's probably um, something on the outside. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, we got to watch the, more the, rugby. The only rugby I watched was at the Olympics in the seventh. I, I started yeah. out as a lock. That's what I started out as in rugby. Oh, interesting. Mm. Well, Behind the hook, my head kind of went under the hooker's legs. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! That's, yeah. <laughs> Rugby. And with that, okay. <laughs> well, Dan, thanks for coming on the uh, the podcast again. And 
best of luck, and we're really going to be uh, pulling for you um, this uh, the rest of the season, and then definitely into uh, some of the big news. Um, you know, keep the uh, keep your head up. Don't Thank till. You. I'll take care of him. <laughs> don't, don't worry. And I would just like to now just looking at the lovely jersey again that you're wearing on this video. <laughs> um, so for those who don't know, Rafa were amazing enough to make Namibian jersey for the Olympics. Um, mm-hmm. That process absolutely blew my mind. The, the detail those guys went into, the effort they went into, um, and then the whole story of getting the jersey to Rio because a friend had to pick up the jersey and she gave it to a German girl who just raced the London race that was this weekend um, to bring to Rio. She went back to Germany to fly to Rio the next day. Her luggage didn't arrive. Her mother drove to the airport just for my jerseys to pick it up so she had it in time. Like, the whole jersey situation was amazing. But the one thing that just blows my mind is... It hasn't happened yet, but Rafa will be giving, will be donating some of the proceeds from the profits of selling the jerseys wow. to the Namibian Cycling Federation, and they have not. Wow. It's they've not spoken about it. You know, they're doing it. Yeah. They're not. They're not using it to make themselves feel good or make anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not advertised anywhere, um, and I just think that's amazing. So thank you to you because you obviously. <laughs> Yeah, sent some money to the Federation of Namibia without even knowing it. Well, the it's a great looking kit. I've seen it out there on the road. Like you, like I've seen someone wear it. And I couldn't get out the phone in time coming the other way, but I was like, "That's Namibia jersey." That like it's a good a, looking kit. Um, good looking. Now here's the question: If the jerseys didn't show up at the Olympics, what would you have done? Uh, we did take the old jerseys with us that we had, like the previous, oh, okay. which is, uh, yeah, right. I've, the design is about 10 years old. And when it came out 10 years ago, I disliked it. So you can only imagine how I feel now. Yeah. <laughs> so I was really happy that they made it. How did the Federation officials and, uh, you know, people that you know, how did they respond to the, uh, the look that, uh, that this jersey provided the, uh, the squad? Uh, initially it was... I mean, like, the sun on the jersey is gold. It's not yellow. And, you know, the, the colors are not necessarily flags colors. Yeah. Uh, so there was quite a lot of doubt. Um, and I was also not quite sure, but I had a lot of faith in the guy at Rafa, Jack Saunders, who's amazing, who did the design. Mm-hmm. And also my fiance knows so much more about design than I do. She works in marketing um, and strategy. And it was kind of like... She loved it, and I have faith in her. <laughs> and when it came out, it was just—it's amazing. So yeah, it's, yeah, well, thanks for sharing the story. I, I, yeah, it's a great—it's uh, a great piece. All three of us have them. So, yep. um, oh, really? All of us. Yep. All, we were all separately thinking of wearing it tonight, <laughs> and then I'm the only one that followed through. But we didn't talk about it. So is the only one that's that big of a kiss out. I have, yeah. <laughs> I have that one, and I have the uh, the Cycling Academy Nationals. Official team jersey, yeah. So oh, I, have, really? I have both, yeah. That is amazing. You guys are making me really happy. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, I was recently at the Tour of Korea, and there were two guys who rocked out in Seoul wearing the Namibia jersey, and it just it blows my mind every single time yeah. I see it. It's That's beautiful. really cool. Awesome. That's good. Well, if you see people out there in the wild wearing the uh, kit, make sure you uh, put it up on Instagram or Twitter. 
and uh, tag Dan from Nam on there so he can uh, share, share with everybody else. It would be great to see. And um, thanks again for uh, joining us on the uh, podcast. Thank you, guys. It's been good. I don't know about you guys. It was great to have uh, Dan on the air, and I, I have to admit, I, I don't think I interrupted that much. <laughs> no, I think you were good. You think he appreciated that I was wearing his jersey? I think he loved it. I think he felt, I think he felt loved. Yeah, All I right. could, I could see the, the slight fear, but then you know, kind of admiration in his yeah. eye. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I definitely won the, uh, the jersey contest, and with that, um, oh, what's, what's that bell I hear? Yeah, that's right. I know what's coming. Are you, are you trying to just move this along so we don't have to rehash your fucking jersey picks? Because, hmm. They're fantastic. Yeah. What are you talking about? This is Ryan. This is Ryan. This is Ryan Woodall, Florida's first Cyclocross National Champion. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Saved well, by the bell. <laughs> you, you know what the bell is. This week we're racing for our supporters of both the podcast, and that is going to be healthiq.com slash slow ride. It's where you can go to get some exclusive rates on your life insurance. So check it out. Go to that uh, login, put in the slow ride, and before you know it, you're going to be able to um, get some nice discounts on your life insurance. Yeah. So this podcast is supported by Health IQ. Uh, they're a life insurance company that celebrates the health conscious, including cyclists. They also cover runners, triathletes, vegans, other health conscious people. So if you fall in that mold in any of those categories, you're going to want to check it out because you're going to be able to uh, uh, save some cash. So yeah, check out healthiq.com slash slow ride to learn some more, get a free quote. Uh, and you can also check out their FAQ page to uh, get any questions you have answered. Um, but, yeah, they're a huge supporter of the podcast and of the network, and uh, we would uh, sincerely appreciate it if you uh, checked them out. Health they have IQ. been a longtime supporter of the network. We do want to give yeah. them that, uh, that shout-out. So thank you so much, uh, Health IQ, and all of our listeners that have gone there and plugged in the slash slow ride to, uh, to, to help us get the, um, the love from, the, uh, the net, uh, from Health IQ. We'd also like to thank all of the supporters and subscribers of the Wide Angle Podium Network. It is a family of podcasts, a collection of awesome. We have We Got to Hang Out, representing the Pacific Northwest. Fantastic show based around some interviews. You have the Dirtfield Recordings, the Consummate Athlete Podcast, Crosshairs Radio, Bike Shop Cross, which I talked all about last week. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. You have the Slow Ride. And you have the Honest Bicycle Program, also out of Boston and Minneapolis. Great stuff. All the way across, so I am loving the uh, Wide Angle Podium Network and all of our uh, listeners. Yeah, the, I'm loving the uh, Bike Shop Cross. I'd like to put one request to them, Quill Stems. How do I get them out? It's stuck. Help. <laughs> oh, you said Quill Stems, not Cool Stems. I thought he said um, cool. It's the same word, Tim. Quill equals cool. Okay. <laughs> I, I would think that little guy, you'd want to. I, I, I would say we we ask the experts at Bike Shop Cross. Um, hey guys, 
what percentage of customers coming in with a recumbent have a beard? 95% or 100%? I would think it was, I think it would be lower for recumbents, but I think recumbents with fairings, the beard ratio would be over 90%. It, yeah, Maybe. probably. Yeah. <laughs> you both were going to disagree with me, and then you both thought about it, did the math in your yeah. heads, and we're yeah. like, yeah, you should yeah. probably onto something with that. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good did point. some back-of-the-napkin math, and I was like, I can't argue quick, with that. I saw one this morning, and yep, beard, 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 beard. <laughs> well, go to WideAnglePodium.com. You can learn all about those shows, but obviously a favorite of ours is the newest show on the network, and that is Bike Shop Cross with Scott Diedenbeck and Mr. David Palin. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. Uh well uh with that let's uh let's get back to the show. Alrighty. Hey, this is Mo Bruno Roy and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Guys, we we've reached that moment. At first, it was the Cobra. Yeah. You know, doping the classic way by forgetting which drugs were his and which were his girlfriend's in his uh, um, refrigerator. And now the the Italians have raised it up a notch. We have finally gotten to the point of motor doping in the amateur levels with a master. Now, I got to admit, I was expecting this to happen in Florida and not (laughs) not Italy. I thought... I thought for sure this was going to be Florida man caught yeah. motor doping. Yeah. But no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it really ticked all the boxes, didn't it? Like it, amateur, master, motor doping, Italian. Like all of it just sort of uh, makes sense. I need to pull up a picture. I actually – I've only read uh, uh, the reports on Twitter, and I, I haven't actually seen the um, – photo of the bike i'm curious if he had like a, a debrosser pinarello like what he was on <laughs> i saw i saw something on it but i i didn't see a picture of the bike i don't know if there's a picture of the bike as evidence unfortunately i'm assuming it's a tie derosa that's my that's my <laughs> guess yeah I don't well know. what can you do about it i guess huh eh, probably nothing all right well let's so, uh let's, let's wrap it up for the night and uh yeah i'd like to thank everybody for listening to the uh slow ride podcast We'd like to thank BK1 of Rhymesayers Entertainment for the intro and outro music. We'd like to thank HealthIQ.com slash SlowRide for providing low-cost life insurance rates and the members of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Always, always, always wave at your fellow cyclists. It's very important. I was out there in the hills of Claremont this week, guys. The triathletes, the first like five waved at me, and I was like, man, triathletes are waving. This is good. And then the next triathlete I saw didn't wave. In the middle of an effort. Actually, their hand was on the straw to get the bottle that was between their arrow extensions. But anyways, make sure you're waving at all your fellow cyclists. I'm Tim in Orlando, Florida. I'm Matt in Minneapolis. And I'm Spencer in Boston. And that was Dan calling in from Colorado, previously from Namibia. Or I guess still from Namibia. You're still the, yeah. Guys, I'm just excited because our Namibian uh, listener rates are going to go back through the roof again. They kind of yeah. plateaued there for a while. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. It's hard right. to get his mom to listen when he's not on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. 
theslowridepodcast.com and on Twitter at theslowridepod. Who didn't hang up so abruptly this time?